Ever since I read Kobe Bryant's book, Mama Mentality, I've been looking for any interview or talk that he gives so I could watch or listen to and make sure I take notes, because I don't think I've ever come across another person that has thought longer or harder about how to get good at their craft. And I think anybody that, like whatever it is that you do when you're awake, the work that you do, um, and assuming that you want to get better at it, like I think you can learn from Kobe. And if you haven't yet listened to the podcast I did on Mamba Mentality, it's on one of my hidden feeds. Just reply back to this email and I'll make sure you get the link because um, the book was fantastic. All right, so uh, he gives a speech. Let me just jump into it. There's about 15 different quotes I want to share with you. Um, So let me just go right into it. He says, uh, this is Kobe talking now. He says, I've always been extremely curious. I had a great teacher in high school that sparked my curiosity in writing. Now, the reason I included this part is because what he's going to say next is how he has he he takes every experience he has and tries to figure out how can he learn from that experience and then apply that lesson to getting better at his job, which I think is extremely rare and extremely valuable. So he says, the reason I thought writing was important is because there are things in stories that can help me become a better basketball player, to become a better teammate, to be a better leader, and to help me understand my emotions better. So he's using story as a metaphor for that, right? He talks about, listen, there's a second thing. I had a purpose. I wanted to be one of the best basketball players to ever play. Anything else that was outside of that lane, I didn't have time for. I made that deal with myself at 13 years old. Here's the third thing. Uh, he was asked what, where, did his imp- where his inspiration came from. And this is very interesting. He says, the challenge. I would watch Magic Johnson and Michael Jordan play. I would see them do unbelievable things. And I'd ask myself, can I get to that level? I don't know, but I want to find out. I had curiosity to see where I could push this thing. He elaborates on that, the idea of only choosing a goal in life that you're unsure that you're able to do. I'll talk more about that later. The fourth thing I want to tell you is, uh, he was asked a question, do you think you had an edge? We've been using this word a lot on Founders Podcast lately since I've been going through the series that uh, started back on Founders and Radiate with Warren Buffett. Uh, every single person I've, I've uh, covered since then they all, what they have in common with Warren Buffett is that they seek out their edge, right? They find their edge and then they bet heavily on that edge. He says, do you think you had an edge over everybody else because your focus is on one thing? Meaning he just told us his focus from the age of 13. He wanted to be the best basketball player ever. That was number one focus. Uh, he says, I do. Basketball was the most important thing. Every, this is such a crazy quote. Check this out. Everything I saw, books I read, people I talked to, everything was done to try to learn how to become a better basketball player. This sentence right here just gives me goosebumps. When you have that point of view, the world becomes your library to help you become better at your craft. I think that's the single uh, most important lesson I've learned from Kobe is that using like using the world as your library to become better at your craft. I love that. Number five, it was easy to size up other players in the NBA. I found that a lot of guys played for financial stability. Once they got that financial stability, the passion, the work ethic, and the obsessiveness was gone. He uses that word obsessive over and over again. Once I saw that, I thought, this is going to be like taking a candy from taking uh, taking candy from a baby. No wonder Michael Jordan wins all these fucking championships. So he's just saying right there, like, you know, I, ha- I knew I had an advantage because I, I was already rich in his sense. Like, once you become an NBA, essentially you're rich. And that didn't take away my drive. It just made fuel because that wasn't my primary goal. My primary goal was not to become rich. My primary goal was to become one of the best basketball players ever. And if obviously becoming one of the best basketball players ever, a byproduct of doing that, or being one of the best at anything in life is going to be uh, the wealth that comes along with that. Number six, I see other players take vacations just to take a vacation or hang out just to hang out. I never did that. 
I didn't do that because when I retire, I didn't want to say I wish I'd done more. Uh, this is another thing. I think if he knew, if Kobe knew about Founders Podcast, he'd probably listen to it because he's doing the, he did the same thing that we're doing. Uh, he says, uh, was there other players, uh, the question was, was there other players who, who you thought were as crazy as you were? And he says, I went to this thing that he calls Goat Mountain, greatest of all time. So he says, I went to Goat Mountain. I talked to Magic Johnson, Michael Jordan, Larry Bird, Akeem Olajuwon, Oscar Robinson, Jerry West, Bill Russell, in case you don't follow the NBA. These are just some of the most successful players ever in history, going back multiple generations before Kobe, which is really interesting. He said, I would ask them, what did you do? What were your experiences? What was the process like? I went to them to understand the ins and the outs of the game, to figure out their level of detail and obsessiveness. That's what I did. This number eight is on how Kobe fixes weaknesses in, in his game when he was a rookie. He was in the playoffs, and he caused uh, he shot some air balls, which means he misses the rim completely, um, and it costs his, his team the, 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 the game. They got eliminated from the playoffs. So he says, when I shot five air balls in the playoffs, I, and I asked, when I shot five air balls in the playoffs, I asked, why did those air balls happen? The year before I was in high school, we only played 35 games. In the NBA, you play back to back to back to back. I didn't have the legs. I have to get stronger. I have to train differently. I need to tailor my weight training to, to an 82-game season. This is the most important part of this. I looked at it with rationale. I shot air balls because my legs weren't there. Next year, they will be there. That was it. So after basketball, he's probably had the most seamless transition from pro player to his second career. He's become an entrepreneur. He's won an Oscar because he has this animation studio. He's a venture capitalist. He's got all kinds of investments everywhere. He's got the same exact work ethic that he, his crazy work ethic that he had when he was in the NBA. So this is Kobe on how he decides which businesses to get involved with. He just asks himself a series of questions. He says, do you understand the business? Is it a business you can help in some way? Are the leaders people you believe in? And are they obsessives? I told you he uses that word obsessives over and over again. That's how he describes himself, by the way. Number 10. Uh, it talks about how, how to get ready to play. He says, when, it's ti- when it was time to play, I'd switch my mode into something else. It was the equivalent of Maximus Decimus Meridius in Gladiator. So that's the character Russell Crowe played in that famous movie. Picking up the dirt and smelling it. It's go time. That was my mental switch. It was like an actor getting ready for a film. You put yourself in that cage. When you're in that cage, you were that character. That's where he came up with the, his... His alter ego, Black Mamba. He's like, I'm Kobe off the court, but when I'm playing, don't mess with me. So he says, when you're in that cage, you are that character. Then when you leave there, you can be something completely different. So something, the benefit I had, because I don't know, I'm up to like 95, I think, books I've read for Founders Podcast so far, and you're reading all these biographies, you realize the people that I want to most emulate in my life, the people I feel mastered life, not just one part of life, have this ability. Like they can take what they do extremely serious, but they also have a balance in their life where they're not like, you know, going crazy on their family when they get home. They're still able to develop good relationships. Like, I think there is something there that entrepreneurs can benefit from. It's like, okay, at, when I'm at work and I'm working, I'm, I'm putting myself in this cage. But the level of intensity, like that level of intensity and drive, if you apply it to other domains in your life, like your personal life, it's not going to get to yield the same results. It's probably wise to take a different strategy. And I think that's what Kobe's telling us here. Number 11, this is another example of how he gets, his, <laughs> first of all, he's crazy, and how he gets his mind uh, ready to go before game. I would play the Halloween theme song, and I, I included the, 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 uh, the track, the audio track in the uh, show notes if you want to listen to it. I would play the Halloween theme song over and over again in my headphones before the game. It was important because Michael Myers, who was the villain 
the murderer in Halloween. Uh, he says it was important because Michael Myers was devoid of emotion. No pressure, no hype, just a stone-cold killer. Number 12. Everybody told me that I'd get depressed when I retire. I'm fine. My competitiveness kicked in. I'm going to do something in the next 20 years that is better than the last 20. You might not understand it, but I'm going to do that. I think that's extremely rare in uh, professional athletes or anybody who retires. Realizing, like, he's already accomplished more than most people have ever accomplished in their lifetime. He's like, oh, okay, that's in the past. I'm not thinking about that anymore. I'm moving forward. Sorry, guys. I have a little bit of cold, so my voice is a little off. Um, okay, number 13. Now he's talking about more of the creative work that he's doing, uh, the stories, uh, animated films, all this other stuff. But he said, but what he's talking about is the new role of you know being the leader when he's not actually the one doing the work, which is very different than he was on the field, right, or on the court. Uh, he says, I'm not writing every word word of the novels. I'm not animating the films. What I have to do now is to make sure the obsessives we bring in are challenging themselves to do the best job they can they can do. I think anybody that's ever managed has responsibility managing people knows that's the role that you're doing. You're not doing. What's the point of hiring people and you have to do their work for them? No. It's to make sure that they're doing their best work. That is literally your job. Number 14, this is what I was referencing earlier, and I think it's one of the most important points of his talk. If we have a project and you think you can do it, that is not the project we want. The projects that make you say, I don't know if I can do that. I don't know how to do that. Those are the things we want because through that curiosity, you will reach a level that you didn't think was possible. And then finally, number 15, Obviously, I'm very passionate about history, so you're not going to be surprised that I that I picked this quote out, and I think it's important. This is traits that Kobe wants and the people he works with. They have to be obsessives. They have to have a historical knowledge base, just like he did when he was playing. I love people who understand the history of their industry. 